This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 294. In today's episode, full frame versus APS-C, which should you choose when buying a camera? One of the biggest debates in photography is that full frame versus AS or APS-C crop body cameras. Many will say that full frame is the only way to go for superior image quality while others will cure the flexibility of APS-C crop bodies. In this episode, I will talk about the two sensor types and what they mean for your photography. Now, something that can make things seem more complicated is that some full-frame cameras can also shoot in crop mode, such as Nikons and Sonys. So what is full-frame and what is crop body? Well, in the most basic terms, these refer to the size of the image sensor, and most camera makers offer camera bodies with both types of sensors. In order to best understand these terms, we need to go back in time and talk about film cameras. So, full frame. Full frame refers to a sensor that is the same size as a 35mm film camera from the early days of photography. In the film days, one frame of camera film was 35 millimeters, which means the sensor was 24 by 36 millimeters. And when it comes to digital photography, the full frame sensor is the exact same size of 24 by 36, hence why it's called a full frame camera. So what is APS-C? Well, if a full-frame camera has a sensor the same size as an old-school 35mm film camera, then what is APS-C? Well, APS-C stands for Advanced Photo System Type-C. You may guess that the C stands for crop, but it actually stands for classic. Back in the 1990s, Kodak experimented with APS film, which was half the size of 35mm. At this time, there were three different versions of APS, uh, APS film, high definition, classic, and panorama. Now, this idea never caught on, most likely because digital cameras became available. But the smaller sensor size was adopted by digital camera makers, and hence today, we have APS-C. Now, out of the three types of APS, only Classic was adopted by camera makers, and the APS-C sensors are 25.1 by 16.7 millimeters, with an aspect ratio of 3 to 2. The APS-C sensor is actually about 48% smaller than a conventional full-frame sensor. Now, as I mentioned earlier, some full-frame cameras can also shoot in APS-C mode such as the Sony A7 line, and the Nikon cameras, such as the D850 from the DSLR world, and the Nikon Z cameras, the Z6, the Z7, 1 and 2, and the Z9. 
Now, when a full-frame camera shoots in APS-C mode, the camera only uses the center of the sensor to make an image. This mode is also known as Super 35 millimeter Crop, and you can use a program button to quickly switch between the two modes. So this flexibility of being able to quickly switch between modes allows you to shoot a beautiful landscape in full-frame mode, and then if you want to shoot wildlife, such as a bird, you can switch to APS-C mode and crop in for a tighter shot. So now that you have a bit of a better understanding of full frame versus APS-C crop sensor sizes, let's look at what they mean for your photography. First, what about the focal length differences? How is focal length measured? Well, it's measured in millimeters and refers to the distance between the lens and the sensor on a full frame camera. So if you attach a lens to an APS-C, you get a crop factor of 1.5 on Nikon, Sony, and Fujifilm, and on Canon, it's 1.6 times. The actual size on the first three is 1.43, which means a, mirror, means a 50 millimeter lens is 75 millimeters on an APS-C crop body. One thing that makes lenses confusing is that all camera makers list their lenses in full frame focal lengths, even on the APS-C lenses. And the following table in the show notes shows popular lens focal lengths and their APS-C conversion. So if you look at the chart, let's say you have a 12 millimeter lens. Well, on an APS-C body, it's gonna be 17 millimeters. If it's a 14 millimeter lens, then on APS-C, it's gonna be 20. If it's 16 millimeters, it's gonna be 23 on the APS-C. And a 24 millimeter will be 34 on an APS-C. And it goes on and on. A 28 millimeter is 40 millimeters on APS-C. 35 is 50, 50 is 72, 70 is 100, 90 is 129. 105 millimeter, which is a popular portrait lens focal length on Sony's and Nikon's, is 150. And a 135, which is Canon's portrait lens for full frame, is actually 193 on a crop body. And then you have a 200 millimeter in full frame would be 286 on a crop body. A 300 would be 429 millimeters. A 400 millimeter lens would be 572 millimeters and a 600 millimeter lens would be 858 millimeters. So as you can say, see, you gain quite a bit more reach in focal length if you're using the lens on a crop body camera. So when shooting with a full frame sensor, your shot is gonna be wider than with an APS-C sensor. So with crop, you will get a tighter shot, but you'll also lose some of your megapixels when shooting in super 35 millimeter mode on a full frame body. Now, one of the advantages of an APS-C sensor is its crop factor. A byproduct of the smaller APS-C sensor is that it appears to extend the length of your lens, as I mentioned in the chart. You can get in close and fill more of the frame with your subject with APS-C. So APS-C is great for street, wildlife photography and sports photography, where if you are shooting landscapes or architecture, chances are you're gonna find the APS-C sensor more limiting in what you can capture. 
Now, it's also difficult to get a super wide angle shot with an APS-C sensor because of the crop factor. So if you look at a lens like an 8 to 16 millimeter Fujifilm lens with the crop factor, the lens is actually 12 to 23 millimeter field of view. And even though that is wide, it's not super wide like it would be in a full frame body. All right, I'm going to take a break right here and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. All right. So let's talk about body size. Since a crop sensor is smaller than full frame, the majority of camera makers put these smaller sensors into smaller form factor camera bodies. So the APS-C cameras tend to be smaller and lighter, which is great if you don't want to be lugging around a lot of weight out in the field. Now, below in the show notes is an image showing the size differences between Sony's full frame versus their crop body cameras. So we have the Sony APS-C A6600 versus the Sony full frame A9 II. And if you look at the image in the show notes, you'll see that the A6600 is only 120 millimeters wide, where the A9 II is 129 millimeters wide. And the crop body, the A6600, is 67 millimeters from back to front, where the full frame A92 is 96 millimeters back to front. So street and travel photographers like the crop body cameras for this reason. They're smaller, lighter, and take up less space in their camera bag, so you can carry more with overall less weight. Now, another reason why they are loved by these photographers is they are also less intrusive to their subjects, which especially makes shooting street a more comfortable experience. Fujifilm's APS-C cameras have a huge following among street and travel photographers, especially with the X100 line of camera bodies, which is more of an old school rangefinder body with a fixed 23 millimeter lens, which is 35 millimeters in full frame or the perfect focal length for street. The fact that the X100 line has a fixed lens that cannot be changed, and yet the camera body has the same sensor and processor as their X-T4, along with their popular Fujifilm film simulations, you can see why this line is especially popular with both street and travel photographers. Now, don't make the mistake of thinking that crop body means less of a camera, as Sony tends to put many of their high-end features in their crop body line of cameras first. All right, so let's talk about megapixels and image differences. The number of megapixels on a sensor is separate from sensor size. Many cameras with an APS-C sensor have around 24 megapixels, but sensors do vary. 
The Fujifilm X-T4 has a 26.1 megapixel sensor, and the Canon EOS 90D has a 32.5 megapixel sensor. Both the smaller APS-C sensor on the Sony A6600 and the full-frame sensor of the A92 have 24.2 megapixels. So when comparing these two cameras, it is not the number of pixels that matters, it is the size of each pixel. To fit the same number of pixels on a sensor that is about 50% smaller, each pixel must also be smaller. And you can see an example of this, an image in the show notes, that shows the relative pixel size difference between full frame and an APS-C sensor. Advantages of a larger full frame pixel. Well, the pixel size affects image quality. Larger pixels can collect more light. And this means that full-frame cameras perform better in low-light situations. The larger pixels also give full-frame sensors a wider dynamic range. All other things being equal, a full-frame camera will perform better at high ISO settings. So full-frame sensors are usually better than APS-C for astrophotography and concert photography. Now, switching to APS-C Super 35mm mode on a full-frame camera, limits how much sensor is used, but the size of the pixels does not change. This means that the camera retains the advantage of having larger pixels, but you lose access to some of those pixels. So the size of your image is smaller. You lose pixels in the same way when you crop a full frame image. So comparing megapixels in full frame versus APS-C. If a full-frame image is 42.2 megapixels, the photo taken with the reduced APS-C sensor only has 17.8 megapixels. The latter is still respectable, especially for sharing photos online or small-format printing. Now, the Sony a7R4 has 61 megapixels, and it will create 26-megapixel files in APS-C Super 35mm mode. Not only does the APS-C mode extend the reach of your lens, but the smaller files take less memory in your camera's buffer. The latter helps when taking continuous shots or uploading images from the field. So here, with shooting APS-C, you can save on memory card and hard disk space and also upload the images much faster. And these two items can make using an APS-C camera faster in the field, especially if you're required to just upload JPEG files, as many news outlets now require. But what about depth of field? Well, if the depth of field is important in your photography, there is one more thing to consider when deciding between full-frame cameras and APS-C cameras. Landscape photographers often want a deep depth of field. Wildlife and portrait photographers may value a more shallow depth of field. The depth of field is different between APS-C and full-frame sensors. At the same aperture and converted focal length, for as an example, 35 millimeter on full frame and 50 millimeter on APS-C, the image taken with the APS-C camera will have a deeper depth of field. This means that more of the image is in focus from the foreground to the background. Full frame cameras will have a shallower depth of field. Now, this does not make one type of sensor better than the other. They simply give different results. Macro photographers may prefer the deeper depth of field created by APS-C cameras, where portrait photographers may like the soft bokeh created by a full-frame camera instead. 
So in conclusion, which sensor is better, full frame or APS-C? Well, contrary to popular belief, full-frame sensors are not always better than APS-C sensors. Each sensor has pros and cons. And the right sensor depends on the type of photography you do. Now, the table below in the show notes shows the choices you have of full-frame versus APS-C. So if you're a night photographer, then the recommended sensor would be full-frame. And the reason is the benefits you get larger pixel size, which can collect more light, and you get better high ISO performance. If you're doing concert photography, again, the recommended sensor is full frame because the larger pixel size collects more light and you get better high ISO performance. But if you're a macro photographer, then the recommended sensor is APS-C because you get a deeper depth of field. The same with street and travel, only that in those cases, you want a lighter system to carry that's less intrusive to your subjects. For wildlife, you can shoot either full frame or APS-C. The extended reach with a crop sensor means you're gonna get more from the same lens. Clearer images with full frame, or you could consider a camera that has both options, like the Sony or the Nikon that can shoot both full frame and crop mode. For landscape photographers, the recommended sensor is full frame because you're gonna get a clearer image, easier to shoot at a wide angle. For portrait, same thing. Most, most sensors, the most recommended sensor for portrait is full frame because it creates a shallower depth of field. However, I have, as you know, Fujifilm X-Series cameras, which are APS-C crop, and I still get amazing results shooting portraits with that camera, with any of those cameras. And for sports, of course, APS-C extended reach with a crop sensor. So again, you're gonna get more reach with the same focal length lens for shooting sports. And that's what sports shooters usually want. So camera bodies with APS-C sensors are often marketed to hobbyist photographers as a less expensive option. But professional photographers can also use crop sensor bodies. And the decision to buy a camera with a full frame sensor or an APS-C sensor is not just about image quality. Generally, full-frame cameras will produce clearer results with less noise at higher ISOs. But you may only see the differences when you zoom into an image, and most people rarely look at individual pixels. Photos made with an APS-C sensor can be just as powerful as ones made on a full-frame camera. So don't let anyone tell you that you cannot get good results with an APS-C or crop sensor body as there are many professionals out there shooting with crop body only every day and making a great living of doing it. Look at my friend, Dan Bailey, who's been on the show. He shoots Fujifilm just like I do, and he's had his photos published all over the world, shooting with nothing but a crop body system. So don't let anybody tell you that you can't get professional results with an APS-C system. So hopefully after hearing this episode, you'll have a little bit of a better understanding of the differences between full frame and crop sensor cameras, and you'll be better prepared to make the decision about which sensor type is right for you. Now, I didn't want to cause more confusion, but there is a third sensor type out there, actually four total. You have medium format, and you also have micro four thirds, but we'll discuss those at another time. 
remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 294 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. I also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media. Hit the little bell icon so you can be notified when new videos drop. Now, this Sunday, I will be releasing my next YouTube video, uh, which will be an unbox and review of the Plataball Elite tripod ball head. Last week, I did the Plataball Ergo. So if you haven't watched that video yet, stop by the channel and check it out. And just to update you, I did reach out directly to Rick Salmon, thanks to our mutual friend Skip Cohen, and I sent Rick an email, and he has agreed to come on the show for sure. Um, he's going to let me know what dates work best for him because he does have another trip or photo trip or two coming up. Uh, so he's going to get back to me with what dates work best for him between now and the end of the year. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. All right, that's going to wrap up this one, and I will see you all again on Sunday.